Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Welcome back to another edition of the Five Reasons Podcast. My name is Chris Whittingham, joined as always by Ethan Skolnick. You can find everything that we're doing in the Five Reasons Sports Network in our new website, fivereasonsports.com. You can check out all of our podcasts, all of our written content, and how you can contribute to anything it is that we are doing here in the Five Reasons Sports Network. But today, we want to talk some NBA. We're joined by Mark Stein, NBA insider for the New York Times. He's kind of taking some time during this very busy NBA playoff period. Mark, how are you doing, sir? Guys, I'm good. All good. We kind of want to sort of obviously go through these playoffs and what's been going on so far in round one, but a little bit through the prism of, I think, what a lot of people view this stuff through, which is what's going to happen in future. Sometimes it's not always about the basketball. It's about what happens after that. I want to start first. The team that I find most interesting right now is the Los Angeles Clippers, obviously having pulled off that remarkable comeback, coming back from 31 points down. I actually just watched it because uh, I, I, I I fell asleep that night and I, had, I, had, I hadn't had the chance to watch uh, the full-length highlight of it. But in terms of the Clippers and what they are in terms of a building organization that kind of knows what they're doing now how attractive are they to potential uh, future free agents and specifically to Kawhi Leonard well look I mean the the chatter has been so steady about the Clippers being in the driver's seat for Kawhi that that's month old I don't quite believe that Kawhi on his off time from the Toronto Raptors own playoff run that he's sitting there watching Clipper games and saying yes this makes them more attractive I know that's kind of a popular theory but I mean even beyond you know without what they're doing against the Warriors right now I mean they've made themselves an attractive destination and they've you know with some really smart contract decisions I mean they've got pieces on you know they've got all these players with with favorable deals and so you know, they can make trades, they can keep the guys they have, they can try to package guys to get another superstar, they can get Kawhi in free agency. I mean, they, you know, I, I, I wrote this the other day. They're never, they're never, ever, 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 ever going to overtake the Lakers in L.A. I mean, this is, I'm in L.A. right now, and this, this will always be Laker land, but they're closing the gap as uncomfortably as it's ever been closed. And, you know, Ballmer is relentless. He's assembled a superstar front office, and, you know, they they are really, really moving in the right direction. And I, you know, again, until the contract is signed, we're going to have to wait and see. But it's, it's been months now that either when I'm around the Clippers or people just talking about it, every, you know, I think if you pulled NBA GMs, they would tell you they expect Kawhi to end up with the Clippers. I think first, uh, before we refer to Mark Stein uh, any other way, uh, are you going around introducing yourself as Hall of Famer Mark Stein now? Is, is that how, how does that work? Do you just <laughs> absolutely not? 
it's absolutely <laughs> not. But if you want to bring it up, I certainly will not stop you. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you guys. It feels amazing. I still don't believe it. Still can't explain it. And uh, but I do love hearing. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. I, I, yeah, I know, no doubt. I was in Charlotte for it, and uh, seeing the look on your face there, I, I think, is an, an expression that everybody in this business. Uh, at some one point or another, would love to have, but but never thinks it's actually possible. Um, getting back to the Clippers here for a second, is it possible for them to pull off a double, Mark? I mean, can they can they create uh, you know an attractive enough situation? Because like you said, it is an all star front office. There's no question about that. They, they I, think I, they think so. They think so. Okay. Now this this was my, that was my first beat, and I covered the Clippers when things were really, really, really bad. And so I guess there is still that kind of skeptic within me that, you know, let's, you know, I'll believe it when I see it, you know, let's, let's, you know, let's see them get Kawhi first. You know, we, people, again, people kind of treat that as it's a done deal, you know, hasn't happened yet. You know, let's, let's, let's see. I want to see Kawhi materialize first, but the Clippers absolutely think that they can get two A-listers in free agency. Again, I'm I'm not ready to go there, but they think so. I want to move to the East now with um, with Boston and, uh, and and what they've been doing so far in this in these early stages, having, I would say, a more solid playoff series than a lot of teams expected. But I would say right now, of the teams in the NBA, they're, they're right now in uh, um, among the more volatile positions. Obviously, they have this young group of, of players that's waiting in the wings should uh, Kyrie Irving depart. But Kyrie Irving scored 37 for them last night in route to a victory. And it, the feeling kind of is that when they come up against Milwaukee, that it could be pain for them. Wh- where do you stand right now with Boston and where they are just in terms of Danny Ainge has been waiting to really go all in. He obviously goes all in on Kyrie Irving, but I, I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the move that's going to be his franchise changer. Obviously, he wants to go on all in for Anthony Davis at some point, but where is Boston going in terms of finally cashing in everything that they've built up for all these years? Well, I would just say this. Rest assured that, that Danny Ainge has a plan, and we probably just don't know about it yet. I mean, he's you know uber well-prepared and, uh, you know, really – that is another front office that's just, you know, you, you, you know, minimum you put them top five and, you know, I don't know if you can separate, you know, if you can really rank the top five, but I mean, they, you know, they're in a very en- enviable position with, with the, you know, the roster that they have and the option. I mean, I'm not disputing it, but I mean, it, it is a very tough position because Kyrie kind of holds the cards and he can just go. And again, depending on how much you want to buy into the chatter around the league, you know, the belief is that, that, he and Kevin Durant want to do something together, whether that's go to the Knicks, whether that's go to the Nets, you know, they, you know, do, are they going to end up going somewhere together? Uh, you know, we're, we're going to have to wait for that answer. Nobody wants to wait, but I mean, obviously that chatter has been out there for a while. So the Celtics don't, don't hold all their own cards or so it seems, but um, because of the roster that they have, uh, you know, I, 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 and I just, I always bet on Ainge. I just have a feeling that no matter what happens, no matter what curveball is thrown at them, they're going to react well. I mean, obviously this team in the regular season underachieved in a huge way. I mean, with, with the kind of team they had, there's no way they should have only won 49 games. But, you know, the playoff run will also, I'm surely, I'm sure factor into how things end there. I mean, if they, if they lose early, that's, you know, you have to think that's going to be a factor in how this all shakes out. I mean, and in round one, it's just nothing we can really answer at this point yet. But I'm, 
I'm not too worried about the Boston Celtics. I, I just, again, I just think Ainge is going to make the right choices no matter what the variables are. I, I think the other team that we consider really volatile in the Eastern Conference is, is Philadelphia because I still I still don't think Milwaukee's maybe getting the respect that maybe they've deserved. And then, as you mentioned, Toronto, the Kawhi situation kind of hangs over them. Uh, but with Philadelphia right now, do you see any scenario where all four are back next year? Are, are they going to bring Harrison Butler back, or do you see maybe Jimmy moving on somewhere else? The Sixers keep talking like they're bringing all four back, and I would say around the league, no one is buying what they're saying. That there's just the skepticism is uh, robust to say the least. That people think at least Jimmy Butler moves on or that they they just can't afford to keep all four and and let's face it so far as the foursome it hasn't messed the question is have they had enough time to really make it mesh I wrote the number at the time and I don't remember it exactly it was 25 28 23 some number in the 20s was all the games they had left when they got Harris to kind of finish the season and then Embiid's been hurt so they just they haven't had a clear run at it but it does look bumpy I think I think there's no question Brett Brown is under huge pressure. Uh, if they don't get out of this series, obviously he's going to be the scapegoat, and, and that might even be the case uh, in the next round. So, uh, you know, no question there is a lot of pressure and a lot of uncertainty in Philadelphia. But, you know, they're – you know, all I can say is the Sixers themselves at this point insist that they are committed to keeping all four, which is going to be damn expensive. We'll get back to today's episode in a second, but first I want to tell you about one of our new sponsors here in the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is the attorneys at Seltzer Mayberg. Find them at onecalllegal.com. That's O-N-E, calllegal.com, or actually call 855 855- 5,000 Law LAW. They handle cases including but not limited to car accidents, slip and falls, and any personal injury matters. Additionally, if you mention five reasons, they will handle your traffic ticket for $44.99 with a new 15,000 square foot office opening on I-95 in North Miami. They will handle cases all over South Florida. Call now with 24-7 service for a free consultation. OneCallLegal.com or 855-5000-LAW. The attorneys at Seltzer Mayberg, a proud sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. What is the the market for Jimmy Butler right now? Because I think Miami fans at the beginning of the year uh, were looking at that potential trade with Minnesota as Jimmy Butler would signal something important for the Miami Heat to try and bring him in. And I mean, if you want to shed any any light on those trade negotiations, feel free, because that's still a bit murky uh, in terms of why that didn't get done. Um, But also just in general, where does the league stand on Jimmy Butler now, uh, given the Tom Thibodeau miles, given his off-court issues with, you know, getting along with teammates? What would you say he He's looking at going into free agency they I mean I I think he's gonna do fine in free agency because he is as you saw in game one he's he's obviously a difference maker great player uh you know maybe there are some people who feel like he can't fit into a team structure but I, I'm certainly not one of them I was I was I was initially I thought it was uh I was sad that the Heat couldn't complete that deal because I just thought Butler and and the Heat would be a great cultural match and, you know, I just think Butler is a, a, a Spolstra Riley kind of player. And I think ultimately the Heat decided that the price was just too steep because it was going to cost Richardson in a first at the minimum. And given all of the, the cap issues that the Heat already have, you know, they, they, they decided, look, do we, do we want to trade for this guy and then pay him a five-year max and we already have no flexibility 
can we put a team around this guy? And they clearly decided, no, I'm, you know, I, I think the Heat are fortunate that the Wolves, if that's the position they took, the, the Heat are fortunate that the Wolves twice balked at this thing because it was on the table and the, the Heat made it available. And basically it was the Wolves, to my understanding, who, who passed. And basically the offer was there and they didn't take it twice, to my knowledge. So, uh, you know, when the Heat, when the, when the Wolves finally got to the point that they were ready to trade Jimmy Butler and went back to Miami, as I understood it, then the offer was no longer available to them. I think the Heat decided, you know what, this isn't the right move for us. So I, you know, I think it was a huge mistake on Minnesota's part. I did not like the trade they ended up making for Butler at all. They didn't get a future for Sarge and Covington, I guess, theoretically can fit well next to Towns, but Covington's been hurt since they got him. Sarge woefully underperformed underperformed so I think the Heat were fortunate the way it turned out even though like I said just just not not thinking about the cap I would have loved to have seen Jimmy Butler in Miami I think it would have been I think he would have been a I think you would have seen his best playing for the Heat but I all but you know Ethan and I actually sat together at a game late in March when I was there and uh, he kind of convinced me that that it, it probably wasn't the right move because of all the financial limitations. But I said, if you if you could throw all that out, I would have loved to have seen Butler in, in Miami. You're the first person I've convinced about anything. Uh, so what is what is the route out then, Mark? Because I, you know that you know I went to Pat Riley's presser. Um, you know the only thing I really asked him was about Los Angeles because that was sitting out there. So I, I was trying to Nick Saban him and get him to say something that you know, maybe he goes back against later, but he did say he's absolutely here for the long run. It sounds like it's going to be a long run. He doesn't seem like he's going anywhere, but I, I thought it was an odd press conference. Uh, Pat usually comes in with a little bit more uh, of an agenda. And I felt like this was kind of all over the place. It, it, basically the message was stop questioning me because I've done this before um, and we'll do it again. But even with conversations I've had inside the, with people inside the organization since I can see more of a route out because some of these contracts are expiring, but it's not plainly obvious me like how did the heat i guess two things on this hey how did the heat become the heat again and, and you know and second you know, one of the things brian Windhorst has said and others have said is that if the heat had money this summer there would be players who want to play there but they can't um is that something similar to what you've heard yeah I, look i still think they're a destination and and you know in in oh i am still scarred by oh six when i questioned riley in print week after week after week and did not believe in that roster construction at all. Can't forget (laughs) how throughout the regular season, that team, they lost every single game against any decent team and then put it all together in the playoffs and he won his championship. And, and uh, you know, I, I I guess I've been, I've been scared to question the man ever since, even though now we're basically talking 15 years later. Uh, I love hearing Pat speak. You know, I, I, I mostly grew up in Southern California. So as a kid, you know, all of his Laker coaching glory, when I was a kid watching that pretty closely. So um, he doesn't, he doesn't grace us with his presence often in front of the microphone. And, uh, you know, I, I, I watched it. I watched the stream because I wanted to hear what he had to say. And I, look, he has earned the benefit of the doubt and that front office has earned the benefit of the doubt. We know Andy Ellisberg is, is a cap maestro and they always find a way, you know, just even the, the Tyler Johnson trade was a reminder that they can move contracts that that seem untradeable. But, I mean, your underlying point is right. I mean, this is the summer you needed cap room. Even if they can manufacture it next summer, next summer free agent, the 2020 free agent class is nowhere near what this one is going to be. So I am not going to sit here and tell you that I know the path that they are going to forge to get out of where they're going to get out of. But some of the players they have there have 
you know, kind of outperformed expectations already. So, I mean, they do have, you know, some complementary pieces that, that have potential, but how they're going to get that, that star to kind of start over again, I, you know, I, I can't sit here and tell you that I see it either. And to me, the confusing part, I think the, the, the confusing part to a lot of Heat fans is that they've chosen a path that I would say a lot of teams, like, for example, when you hear that Detroit just wants to make the playoffs, right, and they'll do everything that they can just to make the playoffs because that is a minimum goal for them, um, that feels like the kind of roster that Miami has put together. So now that they're trying to seek their way out of it, I think one of the difficult things that they've encountered is that there was sort of a thought maybe in 2016 when the when the salary cap exploded that there's this sort of this unlimited fountain of money that could eventually solve your problems and a limited fountain of salary cap space. How have you found that the league has changed in the three years since that original cap spike when there was a thinking that contracts that are at this value are going to be worth that much more and there's been for me a little bit more of a regression to the mean in terms of what teams are actually valuing players at now well look that that summer changed the thinking for everybody team there were so many so many quote mistake contracts that teams are trying to be as judicious as as they can and and you know i'm sure the heat if uh you know if they were hooked up to some lie detectors would tell you that they they uh, handed out some deals that they wish they didn't because you know it was uh, it was of their own doing and and you know they put themselves in the contractual binds that they did but you know it's also cities are different too in detroit you know some you know just getting to the playoffs you know you you can probably sell that you know in 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 new orleans you know after they trade Anthony Davis, which I'm, I'm, I guess they're saying now that maybe they, they might not trade Anthony Davis, but David Griffin's going to make a run at trying to convince him to stay. But let's assume they go ahead and trade Anthony Davis. I don't know that the fans there are going to be demanding a championship. If they can just get back to competitive, you know, that might work in, in a market like that. But, you know, Miami is obviously not going to just settle for, a, for a making the playoffs. I mean, that's never that's never going to be enough in Miami. So that adds to the, to the, to the complexity of it. As you mentioned, you're a South, Southern California kid, uh, although I know obviously a lot of what you've covered has been in Dallas. Um, did LeBron make a mistake for his for his quote legacy slash resume? I mean, I I don't think the Lakers was the was the right choice, and you know, I, I that's another one where I feel like I I said it at the time, so you know, I can say it again now. Um, and and you know, you've covered him from very close quarters, and I'm sure you had this same thought. He can, you know, he said, I know what I'm getting myself into. He can talk about mm-hmm. patience. We know that once the losses start mounting, he's not going to be patient. <laughs> It's just not right. his personality to roll with it. And so, you know, if they have another, you know, if they can't find a superstar sidekick this summer, if they have another poor or even middling season next season when, you know, maybe they're a, a four, five, six seed, but not really a, a, a title contender, I think it's going to drive him nuts. I, you know, one of my biggest questions this playoff, which I don't think we'll probably get a great answer, because I mean, I know he, he's been tweeting more than maybe we expected, but I don't know that we're going to get a, a real glimpse of, of what he's up to. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. But how is he coping with not being in the playoffs? I think it would make him miserable to basically spend the next two months watching all these other teams chase the championship i i you know my guess is that it, it's gonna you know by the time june comes and he realizes how far away he is from title contention that that's gonna bother him and eat him up but uh you know the lakers are an undeniable mess and you know i i don't you know they're it's it's really hard to see them getting back to championship contention next season so i mean that's now you know 
now we're talking halfway through this contract and no title. And I just, I never believed that he's just, you know, a lot of people said by him going to LA, he's sick of being upsold at gyms. My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details telling us he feels his legacy is untouchable and doesn't really care what we say and doesn't really care when we, you know, when, when as pundits, we throw his finals record in his face. And, and maybe his legacy is beyond reproach at this point, but just as a competitor and knowing how much he loves to be in the finals and have a crack at this, I just don't buy that he's going to be fine with missing the playoffs or a second round exit. Like I just, I, I think that's, you know, it's not just an annoyance. It's, it's a problem that he's, 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 it's going to be hard for him to deal with. We'll get back to our episode here in a second. But first, I want to tell you about a great new sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is ShipYourCarNow.com. These guys can move any car, boat, RV, motorcycle, or equipment anywhere you need worldwide. You have a business and need to ship freight or machinery? Call them. College moves, new car, used car, buying the toy you've looked at for a while? Call them. These guys can ship it all, so give them a call. Here's the number, one 800 264 4644. That's 1-800-264-4644 or visit shipyourcarnow.com backslash five reasons. Also make sure to mention five reasons on the phone. I wish, look, I wish they'd, I, they'd had this when I was going to college. This would have been great for me. I needed to get my car down from Baltimore to Florida. I ended up taking the auto train. You don't want to take the auto train. Ship your car, fly. No job too big or too small. Ship your car now moves it all first thing you were also right about the 06 heat by the way because i kept writing the column that riley made terrible trades and then they won a championship so you were not alone on that one but you're also uh completely correct about lebron because it it may not matter to the people around him right like it may not matter as much to maverick or rich or some of the others who are around him because they're in la and they're building his brand but it absolutely matters to him the legacy thing like to me that's been sort of the biggest white lie he's told during his career. I mean, the one example I always go back to, Mark, is I did a big sit down with him for about 20 minutes for Bleacher Report before his 30th birthday. And he answered every question I asked, I thought relatively truthfully. Some of it was a little more polished than I was hoping for, but relatively truthfully. I asked him if he cared about being the greatest player of all time. And he gave me this BS answer. Okay. And I wrote the piece, and it was ready to go, and it was that night, and I just walked up to the locker room. Cleveland pounded somebody that night, and I, I said, do you have anything else from what we talked about the other day that you want to expand upon? And he goes, yeah. The answer about me wanting to be the greatest basketball player ever changed that. I do. And, and it was like <laughs> he'd, been, he'd been thinking about it. We did the interview like four days earlier, and he'd been thinking about it. So I, I just think that's been the one thing he's been kind of and understandably disingenuous about because I think sometimes, you know, he's kind of pulled into talking about that when he doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want to offend anybody else, but then he has an inner arrogance, which has served him very well. So it comes out. I think I agree with you. This is, I thought he wasn't going to tweet at all during the playoffs. 
and just totally shut it down. I think it's going to drive him absolutely insane. I guess my only follow on this, and then Chris will jump in here, where should he have gone? Because I said Philadelphia at the time. To me, that made the most sense. Is, is that where you thought would be the best option for him? You know, look, if he real like everyone thinks he just came here to build his brand and make movies. I don't know that I really believe that either because I think he can build his brand and do movies wherever he lives. I mean, he spent his summers in LA anyway. So I, I tend to believe more that he came to LA really because this is just where he wanted to be with his family. This is where they wanted to live. And, you know, if that's the reason, that's, that's admirable. That's a great, that, you know, that, that, that he put his family first and, you know, put their happiness as a unit first. You know, I applaud him for that. But but yeah, I mean I'm I just I'm just saying I just I think it's it's he's gonna it's really gonna eat him up to you know the basketball part of it is gonna be harder for him to digest than even he thought as far as where he could have gone. I mean I think if he you know I don't know it's just so you you said Philly and just my instant reaction was you know what he probably would have been killed for doing that too because people would have just said ah oh, you're just now you're just chasing rings by trying to go with better players like whatever he would have decided he would have been roasted for it because that's just kind of the you know the position that that he's in so i mean philly i mean any team you would have chosen with good players i'm sure it would have it would have been a good situation because obviously he's he's so good but i just i i just think he underestimated the the steep climb he underestimated how far away the lakers really were and and now they're they're crazily enough even farther away. I want to get back to something you said earlier on, which uh, was related to Kevin Durant and some of the chatter that you'd heard that maybe he was uh, maybe thinking about teaming up with Kyrie Irving somewhere. Would you say right now that the more likely scenario would be that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving go play somewhere together, or that Ky- or that Kevin Durant ends up in New York? Um, well, again, it's 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 one of those things where the, you know you you can't ignore the smoke and i'm i'm hesitant to talk about it just because durant has pushed back so hard and 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 he's right we're all reacting to what other people are saying they really haven't you know durant himself has not dropped any hints that he's leaving but yet again if you poll general managers around the league i think they would overwhelmingly say he is leaving and overwhelmingly say He's going to go to the Knicks. And based on what the Knicks did at the trade deadline, the consensus reaction to that was there's no way the Knicks trade Porzingis in the manner that they did without knowing something, without knowing that they're getting Durant and or Durant and Kyrie or Kyrie or they're getting, they know they're getting at least one certifiable franchise player. But, uh, you know, I also would say that there's at least me just speaking purely for myself. There's always been a part of me that thought the Warriors could still save this if they win again. And, you know, let's see where his head's at at the end of another successful playoff run. Because if the Warriors do win again, you know, they, he's now won three in a row. They have a shot at four in a row, which no one's ever, you know, no one in the modern game has done, you know will things change but again you know we when like just talking about changing his mind I, it, it acts i'm acting like i know what's in his head and i don't i mean i just i don't i don't think the warriors exactly know but i know I, I do think it's fair to say you know the warriors have been bracing for the worst all season i don't think they feel like it's a done deal completely but i mean they've been they've been living this all all year long and it's one of the reasons they they seem so mentally tired Last one for me here, Mark, and I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot because I know you were in Miami, like you said, and you saw the, the Mavs down here. Who made a bigger impact on basketball, Dirk Nowitzki 
or Dwayne Wade? Uh, I mean, I don't think you guys are going to be hugely surprised at my answer, but, you know, obviously I covered Dirk Nowitzki, you know, as close as I've, I've ever covered anyone, but I think I can also say this as objectively as possible, which I'm sure no one in Miami thinks I can be objective on this topic, but Dirk literally changed his position, and that's something where, you know, no slight to Dwayne because, you know, Dwayne was so good that I think if you did a ranking of two guards, I mean, he, he's, you know, what is he, three, four all time? I mean, he, he, he's way up there. So, I mean, his, his career was, you know, spectacular. But to me, you know, look, in, in, in you know, spending the last 20-odd years in Texas, I covered the Mavs at close range. I covered the Spurs at close range. Duncan won five championships and was the best you know, foundation of a franchise that, that I've ever covered. Uh, they changed their team around in multiple times. You know, obviously the five championships, they won different ways. They won different styles. But, you know, Dirk's calling card is not just the one championship, but 21 years with one team, which is a record I don't think anyone's going to break. And the fact that he legitimately changed his position and, and you know, revolutionize what we expect from a four man. I mean, those are things that, that, that really make his resume special. And, you know, to me, um, they kind of add, they're, they're as valuable as rings in assessing kind of his legacy. So I just want you to piss people off in Miami a little bit more here. Did Dwayne get too many calls in the 06 finals? <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. We were in Miami that night. I, you know, I, I, uh, I mentioned this when I did Simmons podcast, like when, when, when the heat came to Dallas in February and Dirk and Wade did the Jersey swap, that was really the first time this season that I kind of got emotional watching it. Like, wow, the end is really near. And I, I wasn't expecting that, but these guys are such a big part of each other's story that um, like at the all-star game, it didn't really hit me, but, but in that moment, which was right before, like that was, uh, that was really that was really something just to see the two of them. They checked into a game to get, they checked into the game together, the jersey swap after, like that was weird. But then, so a month later, you know, six weeks later, I went to Miami with the Mavs because I wanted to be there for that game as well. And on the court before the game, Cuban was holding court and still talking about the free throw total uh, from 12 <laughs> years ago. So, um, from no, not twelve. From thirteen, thirteen, thirteen. 13. Yeah, Mark, 13. Mark, do you know that? Do, do you know that Cuban? Has Cuban ever told you that he apparently uh, Dwayne hasn't talked to him since, or at least as of three years ago? I remember being in Dallas, and I think it was sixteen, and you know Cuban was doing the thing you're familiar with, where he's on the treadmill watching CNN and and sweating on everybody, and he basically uh, I asked him about Dwayne, and he said, yeah. He said, I was supposed to do some kind of a photo shoot with Dwayne right after the finals. He didn't talk to me during it. He has not spoken to me since, which is very undwayne like But, I mean, that's how under each other's skin they got during that whole situation. I mean, that's, that's what – I mean, I think what made, you know, to see where Dirk and Wade ended up, where, you know, they ended on such cordial terms and, and you know – friendly terms and the jersey swap and again that that night in dallas you know i think if if i'm i'm i, I have so little trust in my memory that i'm sure i'm reciting what happened in february correctly but if i remember it right wade went to the scorer's table first and then so as soon as wade got there the mat you know carlisle started screaming for dirk to get down there so they had to check into the game together so just you know, and then, and then after the game, obviously they were laughing as they exchanged jerseys. Like if you remember 06 and 07, you would have never thought that was possible. I mean, that was the all-star game that they were both starting in Vegas in 07. They didn't even, they didn't even tap hands in the all-star game. They didn't even bump fists. 
So, I mean, it was frosty in that 06, 07 time. And so it made it nice to kind of see where it, where it ended up because they both, you know, they earned each other's respect. And, and, you know, those were two really, really dramatic finals for the, you know, the reasons that they both played out. I mean, Miami's comeback in 06 was you know, the first comeback from 2-0 since Portland and Philly in 77. And then for the, you know, for the Mavs to be able to turn around the, the 11 finals and what happened to LeBron in that finals, it's, you still, I mean, if you go back and watch some of those finals game, like you can't believe you're looking at LeBron James. It's, it's unbelievable. We'll get back to our episode here in a second. But first, we've had a lot of inquiries about how you can contribute to the Five Reasons Sports Network other than just giving us money, which we'll certainly take, or being a podcaster, and I have too many bad ones already. So here's (laughs) an idea if you want to get involved with us, and it goes beyond our new website, fivereasonsports.com. We are looking for sales representatives. Why? Because we have a lot to sell. We sell ads on our podcasts. We sell ads on social media. We also are selling sponsorships and banner ads on our website. So we got a ton of inventory to sell. We are credentialed with all five teams down here. We're fully established and we just want somebody who can go out into the community and sell that product, sell Miami sports by Miami for Miami to the South Florida community. So if you want to get involved, here's two ways that you can contact us. One is by going to Skolnick at five reasons And the other way is going to Jorge J O R G E at FiveReasonsSports.com. Reach out one of those two ways, and we will get back in touch with you and tell you how you can help and how you can make money. All right, uh, Mark, I'm actually going to close on a different sport. Um, You are America's most famous Manchester City supporter. Uh, I am also a Manchester City supporter, although uh, you've been around much longer. You're not the fraud that I am joining after they started winning things. Uh, Yesterday, as devastating as it gets? Uh, Not as devastating as it gets. I mean, I, I would say relegations were worse in those. In you know, I started following them when I was 11, and then in the 90s, you know, when when soccer just started being televised in this country, if it wasn't the Premier League, you couldn't see it. So personally, just speaking for me, you know, relegation in 96, relegation in 98 when they went down to the third division, and knowing that basically I'm not even able to hear these guys on the radio. I mean, those were way way worse. But yes, it was it was awful yesterday. And, uh, you know, just because it's such an incredible opportunity to, to know that if you can beat Tottenham at home by two goals, you're going to go to a Champions League semifinal against an Ajax team that, again, you'd be hev- heavily favored against. And knowing that the Champions League is, is the one thing that, that City hasn't won, it's the one thing that they're desperate to win. I mean, it, it was bad. And then knowing that I'm going to, every time I'm going to have to see Steve Nash, he's going to have oh that God. over me as, as, as North America. <laughs> Blatantly ro- rooting for them on television, too. It was just, I, I couldn't stand it. I, I, could, I couldn't stand it. Yeah, but you know what, though? But here's the thing. Like, I, in the, this is, I mean, this is a big, it's kind of like in modern, you know, we were, all, you know, you know, as old newspaper people, we were raised, you know, you got to be unbiased. You can never root. But it's like Steve Nash, his his Tottenham fandom is so well known. Is he supposed to now go on TV and pretend that he's an objective observer? So I, I guess I'm fine with the way that they handle it because it would just, it would be worse to try to pretend yeah. that he wasn't rooting for them, you know, Um I don't know how you handle that one. I think if things have things have changed, and like in the in the modern media world, like I'm not saying it's it's acceptable to like for you know we're supposed to be impartial journalists, but like you know if I get thrown into a situation where I have to cover soccer for whatever reason, am I supposed to now pretend 
that I'm not a city fan. Like everybody knows that. Like you can't, you, you can't pretend. I think pretending is worse. I agree. I agree. I, I think, I think it comes off as fraudulent, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it was difficult yesterday to see any Tottenham fans be happy after uh, having a video review determine the outcome of a two-legged Champions League affair. But uh, maybe we can but, talk but about that another time. I, I, well, well, just one last thing on that. Sure. I know Ethan really is waiting to hear all this soccer analysis. <laughs> but I mean, the, the, oh no, no, the, I've been waiting for this the whole pod, guys. Is, keep going. The, keep going. The thing is, I mean, you know, City didn't score in the first leg at their place. City missed the penalty. City didn't start De Bruyne. City let let in two goals at home in the first ten minutes. I I'm, mean, I'm with you, Mark. I'm with so you. Those all factored into the loss too, and I mean, I, and that's you know, I, I mean, the, the the two the two video decisions, you know, and that's something that the NBA is wrestling with, like what you know, you know, tennis is my other favorite sport, and you know, video review in tennis just works so well, but in in the NBA and soccer, video review just frustrates the hell out of everyone, and it is it is it's so t- it's time consuming, it just doesn't move well, and and you know, it's something that that both sports know they need to improve on, but that's easier said than done, so it, it's it's uh, all right, enough soccer. It was, it was, it, it was bad. It was, it was. It was painful. bad. It was bad. Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> my, my, my only, my only contribution to this conversation is that I actually believe in relegation in the NBA. Like, shouldn't the Phoenix Suns have been relegated four years ago? Like, I mean, how many straight years are you allowed to tank, Mark? Like, wouldn't it's, that be it's a, one of, it's a, one a of the great solution? It's, it's one of the great what if sports. What would America? What would North American sports look like if we had promotion and relegation? Because I think one of the biggest right. weaknesses across the board in all of our major team sports is that there are too many games that mean nothing. And and the beauty of promotion and relegation is that almost every game means something because everybody is either playing for something at the top or playing for survival at the bottom. But it's also, it's impossible. We're never going to see, we're, we, I mean, we, we don't even have it in American soccer, which is bad because that's really, you know, that's really the league where it should it should start and try to implement it and bring it in to our sporting culture. But, but why it's never going to happen. No owner is going to sign up for paying even the hundreds of millions that it costs to get an MLS franchise. Now they're not going to pay that money and know that they can get relegated. It's just in, in, in Europe and all over the world, you know, these, you know, in, in England, there are 92 professional soccer teams, but we don't have that same structure. Our minor league teams are owned by the major league teams. So it just, we can talk about it and it would be fun to think that, you know, the Suns or the Knicks, I mean, the Knicks are facing relegation, but you, you, you need protein, you need real pro teams separately owned underneath them that would have to come in. It's just, it, we could talk about it all day. It's, it's never going to happen, but it would, it would make, I mean, just look at baseball. How many games in a baseball season mean nothing? because there's only this small handful that's really competing at the top. Mark, we have the Marlins. We have the Marlins. They haven't scored a run in six weeks. Uh, we, we were aware of that. The Marlins should have been relegated years ago. And it's not only that the games mean nothing, is that teams are incentivized to lose by virtue of the structure of the sport. Yeah. So, I mean, you're telling teams that they should be losing. So, I mean, that, that only further adds to uh, teams that are trying to lose in games that have, uh, like, utterly no meaning. But uh, I, I'd love to have a pro raw conversation. We can have it at a future date, but we don't want to take any more of your time. Mark Stein, again, of the New York Times. Appreciate the time, sir. Okay, guys. Be good. Thank you for listening to the Fire in the Podcast. Thank you so much. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.